Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome, listeners. I forgot to say who was actually starting it. We just decided what we were talking about. And then when there's too long of a pause, I need to fill it quickly. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's, you know, I was saying this to someone else in the day. It's the end of the school year madness right now. You know, trying to cram in IEPs, trying to cram in as much as possible before the last day of school. So quite crazy over here. But we hope you are listening to this around the time it drops. You're getting ready for the end of the school year. It has been quite a year. I know this time last year, we'd only had a few months of distance learning and COVID craziness. And we had no idea what was yet to come. And now we've had almost the entire full school year of this. Yeah, and I think we're kind of seeing the switch in what the new school year will provide. So that would be a return essentially fully to in-person. You know, we're only going to be obviously speaking to California. Every state is doing things differently. Some have been back in person. Some still have a hybrid. So we really wanted to be able to kind of like focus in on what you guys can do in these last few weeks to kind of prepare. So that may include having an IEP meeting to discuss, you know, what that transition will look like for September, Uh or it's even kind of the week or two before school starts, if you can't get it in at the end of this school year, requesting that IEP meeting so that you can check in on, you know, the just not even the social emotional well-being, but like that transition back because we're thinking that kiddos are going to be back with masks still, right? So yeah, I'm thinking that's probably what's going to happen. And, you know, even just like not even just COVID related, but just what you would normally want for the end of the school year is checking on how everything's been going. If there's been data being collected or any trials of anything like trials in different placements, which of course, probably not in person, but you know, different classrooms or even with an aid without an aid. If, you know, it's important to have that IEP before the end of the school year, because like the worst thing is when we take data, like in the spring and we don't review it until right. the fall. And right. So much could have happened over the summer. It's not as relevant. No one's really in that headspace of like, oh, yeah, I remember exactly how it went. So it's Mm -hmm. really important for all those aspects to like, you know, and if you've had assessments during the semester, if we can have it before the end of the school year, it's always better. Absolutely. Sometimes staff changes. Obviously, there's a new teacher. I think something else that's important is to follow up on any of your benchmarks or IEP progress on goals, Uh um, because that's also good information to have. And I've been hearing lately a lot of people just not receiving those. And those, you know, if you look at your IEPs and the goals, there are benchmarks and you should be getting progress on those benchmarks so that you can track the progress of your child with those goals. But I think this actually ties in beautifully to our guest today. Uh, Caroline Hines is a social emotional counselor in Sacramento, California. Caroline, thank you so much for coming onto our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So can you kind of tell our listeners a little bit more about what it is to be a social emotional counselor? And you are at a charter school, is that correct? 
Yes, we're at a, I'm at a public charter and I'm at an elementary school. So we have TK through fifth grade here, 600 students. Oh, wow. And yeah, big school. We've been around about 10 years now and I've been primarily the counselor who's been here most of those 10 years. I think I'm about eight years in. So we definitely in this role, it's definitely focused on social emotional health and well-being. Primarily, you know, a lot of the SPED related tasks, so any special education related tasks, I work with lots of special education students, but those are primarily, you know, worked in with special education, but I do a lot of work with them. So we have a great team. We work together with the school psych and myself, but I would say my role is a little bit more preventative and then also working with the parents and families. So again, getting into the classroom, I do a lot of um, classroom work with students, guidance lessons, especially this year in um, these COVID times, being Proactive is really the only way for me to really get with students. And so I've done a lot of classroom work this year. And then we've also, in the past, done lots of groups, lots of lunchtime work, and then just individual work and family work when needed. It's like amazing that, and that's why I wanted you to explain that you were actually at a public charter school because, you know, people will probably hear, oh, social emotional counselor, like she's like a private counselor or anything like that. It's like, no, she's actually in a public charter school. (laughs) And not all public schools have that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, going a step further and kind of talking about what that social emotional learning is, because you are in the classroom, right? It's not just like this individual work. Right. But also something that I know that was mentioned before prior to you being on our podcast was the concept of kindness. So I kind of want to have you delve in a little bit on that for our listeners. Absolutely. Yes. So I should mention that when I first started working at this school, I was split between we're kind of an umbrella charter. So we have a high school program, we have a virtual program, a homeschool program, but we're all under this large umbrella. Um, So in the beginning, I was kind of jumping between a few schools and At that point, my work was very, I would say, you know, more reactive in the sense that if a problem came up, I was responding to it. And most of my work was more individual. But, you know, as we grew and thankfully we had our own campus and we grew as a school, then I've been able to make this my home base, which has been amazing. And I think, you know, having a counselor committed and dedicated to your school site can make a huge difference and then really allows you to do so much, allows that person to do so much, but then also really gives your school such an advantage as far as being able to build your social emotional learning. So once I was able to really be in one place, you know, I kind of began to formulate in my mind, well, you know, what do I really want students to take away? What do I want them to learn? And You know, there's so many character curriculums and different things out there and, you know, going through all the traits, trying to figure out what's most important for our school and with a lot of trial and error and a lot of practice, um, really coming down to kindness as sort of the platform for our social emotional learning here at school. I early on, I figured out because we were such a new school, I figured out, you know, we don't really have something that we're known for. What's her values? What do we value? What's important to us? And Mm -hmm. I feel like just like in a home, when you walk into a home, you can often, you know, look on the walls and, you know, see pictures or images or ideas that show you what's important to the family. I feel like school also, you know, is in a sense a family, a community, and you really should be able to walk into a school setting and just by looking at the walls, the signage, the, you know, the way, the way the school's set up, the way, you know, even seating and things like that, 
can give you an indication of what they value. And so in the, from the beginning, I felt it was really, really important to show that we valued kindness, that people were accepted, that everyone here matters, you know, and you're welcome here and we want you to be here. So I felt like that was very, very important in kind of establishing our culture as a school. And then, you know, as we grew, at, um, it just began to kindness became a part of everything. It became, you know, the language, how we communicate it, how we relate with our staff members. I started something called Kind Kids Club in the very beginning, <laughs> which, you know, in the beginning, I thought I heard about it actually through a school in, I think it was Stockton, who was doing something similar. And I thought, oh, this would be kind of a fun enrichment. But it became something bigger. I started to travel to the classrooms and do more of the um, proactive lessons and um, classroom guidance around kindness and began to really build that in everyone's vocabulary and kind of like as part of our school, our, our thing, you know, in our community. And now by this point, you know, so we're eight years into that, it has really grown to Kind Kids Club. Everyone is a part. Everyone is belongs to it, you know. So I know that for kids, it's really important important for kids to feel welcome and mm-hmm. like they belong to something. You know, a lot of times in schools, they have clubs and, you know, only certain select people are in clubs or not everybody is open to being a part of a club. And I wanted to have something where you're just automatically in because you come to school here, you're part of this club and our club is kindness. And so... It became sort of, it became lessons, it became activities, it became things, kindness is something that we practice here on a regular basis. And then the teachers slowly kind of, I think, took it on as their mission and it's important to them. And even without me asking, I've noticed this year, just especially coming back into the classroom, teachers they put it on their signage. They make it a part of their classroom and their Mm -hmm. theme. So it's really been something, I guess, that we've really built over the years, but now it's kind of become like our foundation, I guess, for learning. So I love that everyone is included in it because I, how many times I've had a like transition to a new school Mm -hmm. and we've had IEPs where we've talked about like, okay, we want to get this student socially engaged with their peers and how do we get them involved? And if the school does have, you know, school clubs or organizations. And it's always like the burden is so much on the student to Mm -hmm. seek out the clubs and then find out where they're meeting and when and remember to go. And Mm -hmm. there's just so much place on the student that, you know, they're the ones that need the support. And so, you know, to expect them to do all those things, just see the benefit, you know, is tough. And it's tough. Yeah, and and each student should have to try that hard to, you know, be a part of our community. I just want it to be something like you're here, so you're, you know, you're a part of it. Right. And I think, you know, you're a member of the Kind Kids Club, like really special, but letting them know, you know, everybody's a member, everybody belongs and everybody's welcome. And we do within kindness. I know a lot of times kindness is associated with like nice, being nice. And Mm -hmm. certainly in the beginning when I teach kindergarten, you know, I am teaching manners. I am teaching (laughs) politeness. I'm teaching, you know, just very basic concepts about kindness. But as kids grow, you know, kindness is is kind of a funny character trait or it's like, it's kind of a funny um, learning aspect because it really is rooted in every single character trait. You know, just if you think about honesty, You have to, you can be honest, but you have to be honest in many cases with kindness. Or, you know, if you want to make sure, you know, you're advocating for something, a lot of times you have to advocate with, you know, kindness in mind, you know, just, I think it kind of fits into every little piece of social emotional learning. And so as we go through the grade levels, you know, in second grade, 
kindness, we focus on friendship and problem solving and, you know, how to tell people that you're frustrated and you're disappointed with them and how to solve those conflicts. Third grade is a little bit more on the friendship aspect. And that's where we do travel into, you know, honesty, but also being honest with kindness and honesty with diplomacy, kind of being able to speak to somebody about how you feel, but also, you know, not with blaming and and things like that. And then in fourth grade, we venture more into aspects of bullying. We talk about rumors and how to, you know, show acceptance to differences. And then finally, by fifth grade, we really talk about kindness in world changing aspects. So, you know, going out and spreading kindness involves kind of changing the world and changing people's minds about, you know, the way they feel maybe about certain things or opening their eyes to things they never thought about. So really kindness can kind of be on this small sort of one-on-one level, you know, interpersonal level, and then it can really grow to be sort of this inclusive, world-changing, justice-seeking, advocacy-making kind of concept. So it's really cool how it can be more than just, I don't know, just it can be huge or it can be very simple at the same time. totally. And something that you had said at the beginning of that was, you know, what people perceive kindness and one of my favorite like quotes or like mantras that I've adopted for myself basically when I was a baby attorney was do not mistake my kindness for weakness right yeah and just everything that you said in the breakdown of each of the grade levels one of the things I think that Amanda and I have encountered when we have um had this podcast are all these excellent people with just all this knowledge and for your school, you are like the go-to because we have mm-hmm. administrators and teachers come to us and they're like, well, how do we do, how do we practice mindfulness? How do we do that? And it's like, well, one individual teacher most definitely can do it, right? Like, right. <laughs> but what is needed is that system of support. And right. it is a hundred percent. I think it was something, I get all these like Instagram ads because I have a, a mm-hmm. two-year-old and it's like, <laughs> The one thing you need to teach your child, like a social, emotional well-being, right? Like, it's just like emotional regulate. And it's just like, they're not taught that in school. And it, you know, I'm sure there's some aspects and from different teachers, but it sounds like there's such a structure, if not uniformity, kind of how Amanda was saying, like, I love it's like throughout the school, right? But I like that, you know, you are the go-to, right? So if a teacher is having a hard time speaking about something or is brought up with like, you are there to like guide through. I mean, this could be for yes. anyone, right? Like I, can yes. you teach adults this as well? No, um, <laughs> because I think once you get to fifth grade, that bigger thing, I think something that I've been grappling with this past year is just the stark contrast of some people that are wearing a mask, washing their hands and mm-hmm. others that aren't. And for me, it's about caring, right? <laughs> it's just like, right. let's just get it done. Right. Let's just care. Yep. And I've wondered that impact, right, mm-hmm. on our mm-hmm. kids. So I would like, have you thought about, and I, I don't know if your school has been back in hybrid or, or whatever, but have you thought about what that transition back to school in the fall is going to look like? Or, or are you just kind of taking it one day at a time? Great question. Well, so we came back in, oh my gosh, it's been, I think it was April, beginning of April, we did come back in hybrid. So students were in two different groups, two days a week. And then our numbers in our city got to the point where we could bring back kids five days a week. However, we do have about 
third, maybe a fourth of our kids on extended distance learning. So um, about one teacher in each grade level is providing um, the extended distance learning via, you know, via Zoom and things like that. And then we have everybody else on campus. We do have a lot of structures in place, but coming back, there was a lot of anxiety, definitely um, parents, families, and then also kiddos. Mm -hmm. So we really had to, you know, kind of sell the message. And we framed it a lot through kindness, really framing Mm -hmm. it that, Mm -hmm. you know, wearing a mask, showing Mm -hmm. kindness by washing your hands, Mm -hmm. showing kindness by covering your sneeze, you know, making sure to respect people's bubble space by showing kindness, you know, it all kind of relates. Again, it it all comes back to kindness in in kind of a cool And, you know, so we were able to frame that. And honestly, it, it worked pretty well. I think, you know, kiddos did say, I felt a little nervous. I felt a little worried. Absolutely. And yeah. We, you know, we definitely helped kind of reflect that the first few days. Yep. You guys definitely, we know how it is, but us as staff members have been back on campus working even before the kids came back for a little while. So we were also able to empathize and say, you know, at first it definitely feels a little weird. It's hard to get used to, but you know, here's what I've tried or here's some tips, you know, here's some things that I tried that help it a little bit better. We've, you know, teachers have carved out little times where kiddos are taking mask breaks so they can step outside, get a drink of water, hold on the mask for a minute. Yeah. So that's been super great. But I think, you know, as a community, we definitely know that we do little mask checks. You know, I'm in the classroom teaching lessons and I do notice a few kiddos with masks kind of slipping down. So I say, oh, everybody, let's take a quick one minute mask check. Let's, you know, turn our bodies, get our bodies ready for learning and let's um, check our masks, make sure they're on right, they're fitting good. So I think overall, you know, just with that concept of caring and kindness that students are really looking out for each other, you know, noticing, oh, hey, I don't think you did that. Or, hey, you need to fix your mask. So they're kind of keeping each other accountable, but also just framing it around. We want to do those kind of things and be kind and care for our community. So I think that's important because it's, you know, the mask wearing and everything, all the safety procedures that we've been doing for a year, it isn't just for ourselves. It's for protecting others and protecting people who are more vulnerable. And I think that is something that a lot of adults are not considering and not really understanding. So it's important that we teach kids this because that's like school isn't just reading and writing and arithmetic. It's, you know, we want to teach them these other skills too. And kindness in many forms is part of it that I think uh, many adults could benefit from these reminders. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, something in the beginning, I guess, when I was a newer counselor, you know, we're kind of student focused. And, you know, so definitely the first many years that I was a counselor really focused on the school. But, you know, as you go and spend your time in school, you do realize what an important and pivotal piece families are. And so really, we really try to pull in families a lot with, you know, our teaching and aspects of kindness or, you know, activities that in involve kindness. So, you know, challenging each other um, to do certain acts of kindness. We have a time of year where we participate in January and the Great Kindness Challenge. And so while we do kindness all year, we do have like a special week where, you know, we do things as a community. We invite families to practice it with us. We have a little checklist. And, you know, so a big part of kindness, you know, is just not the actual 
I guess the the teaching, you know, the the terms and <laughs> the definitions and things like that. A right. huge part of it is it's it's so experiential. So you mm-hmm. have to have mm-hmm. practice and mm-hmm. um, modeling it. You know, we do a lot of activities, chalking up the campus with kind phrases. We've written letters to kiddos who are hospitalized for our Valentine's Day kind of kindness challenge. And those get delivered um, within the Sacramento community pre-COVID. That was pre-COVID. But just lots of things where we're actively practicing and encouraging our families to, you know, be do it with us. But um, taking care of each other, sending, you know, bright messages, just doing little things to kind of uplift our community so kids can themselves actually experience kindness and how great it feels. And that's important. (laughs) I think, you know, that's so important because for kids, it's all about, you know, that monkey see monkey do really. And so I know that I know that with my little one, but no, just even kiddos that I'm in and I have worked with. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that even building that sense of community, you know, you can just, you know, try to speak to someone until you're blue in the face. Um, But for me, it, it just, yeah, it comes down to, you know, we live in a community and there are certain rules that need to be abided to protect our community. And I think that children have that sense of community in their schools and that just doesn't include their friends or classmates. It's the teachers, it's the counselors, it's the principal. And I don't know why that seems to get lost, you know, at some point in adulthood, but it's just... I think right. even just how you had said the mask check, it wasn't like pointing out a kid and just being like, oh, Dylan, uh, you're mad. Like, it was just right. like, everybody mask check. Like, right? Like, like, yeah. hey, everybody, like, let's just make sure, you know, yeah. let's make sure we're make in sure. our bubble. Like, I, I just... Our are tied, you know. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. Making it just as mundane as a yeah. shoelace check, right? It's Absolutely. just part of are every day for now. Who we are. Yeah, who we yeah. are, what we do. I love it. The kids, you know, I kindness is also kind of popular in the larger, you know, I guess, cultural kind of sense where, you know, kids t-shirts, things like that often get printed, you know, little kind phrases and stuff. So the kids are always excited. Miss Hines, I'm wearing a kindness shirt. Oh. And we've done, <laughs> super cute. It's so cute. Um, we've done lots of fundraisers as a school too, to help, you know, kind of boost that community. So for the past two years, we've worked with a company out of Florida, a former teacher and she kind cotton is the company, but we love them because they make lots of, you know, great kindness t-shirts. And so we do little fundraisers and then get our parents in on it. And they love to, you know, so then we have parents coming to volunteer and they're wearing the kindness shirts and the staff wears them all the time. And so yeah. again, I just feel like it's, you know, something that we're, I love it because the staff really, you know, we all kind of bought in and it's kind of what we do here. So, you know, I'm just grateful that I have this role. You know, I know that a lot of counselors, you know, unfortunately are split between two, Mm -hmm. sometimes three schools Mm -hmm. um, don't have even, you know, they don't have the opportunity to really set roots in a school and be able to build a social emotional learning program, which is, you know, what a lot of our education and training is built around that is built around creating, you know, social emotional learning structures and programs for schools. A lot of that is advocacy and seeking, you know, justice and supporting our community. So 
a lot of counselors never get to use that part of their ed- their education and their training because really they're just not given the resources or not given sort of even the, I guess, the podium in their school right. setting to kind right. of, you know, put off to the side. Okay, you help kind of take make the kids, you know, talk to the kids who are having a hard day and you just do that. But I'm really grateful because our principal, our administration really values social emotional learning. So I definitely feel like I have a seat at the table in a lot of the big decisions that we make at our school, decisions affecting students. And in our school, we really feel like students come first. You know, every decision that we make make, how does it benefit the students? And is it an adult-driven kind of adult-driven decision or is it student-driven? You know, that's important. And sometimes, you know, it's nice to have a seat at the table so I can, you know, always help remind and kind of speak up to that if it gets lost anywhere. So... Which is great. I mean, we say this all the time, like everything is top down with schools. You know, if we have great administrators that are really on board with being innovative and changing the way we do things and all of that, then it gives, it makes it so much easier for educators and therapists and everyone who want to, you know, I mean, there's so much now, like on social media, we see so many like therapists and educators that have Pinterest accounts and Instagram, and they're sharing so much about what they're doing. And it's, it's fabulous because then we can be sharing ideas and not reinventing the wheel. And mm-hmm. yes. so to have administrators that are willing to be on board with, you know what, just mm-hmm. because we do things this way doesn't mean we have to continue. We can change the way we do it. Right. Yes. Being really open. And, you know, it's, I know it's harder when you have a school who, you know, that's been around for a while. It can be really right. hard to change those old structures or those old, you know, like it, a different, you know, those kind of values and norms that have been there forever. But I remember a counseling mentor that I had a long time ago, you know, so simple, but she said, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. So Ooh, you know, for, that's a good for me, it's, it's so simple, but it's so true in the sense Absolutely. that like, you know, if things aren't working and you just keep doing them the same way over and over again, you really do have to try to like, kind of think outside the box. And if you can make it work and, you know, give it a go, it can just open so many doors and just really change the whole feel of your school. So I love that quote, by the way. So I'll I'll give you (laughs) mine and then you give me that one. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So Carolyn, as we kind of wind down, we just wanted Mm -hmm. to see if you have any tips for parents at Mm -hmm. home in cultivating kindness. Obviously, we talked about, you know, having kids experience it and being that role model. But are there any kind of quick and simple things that parents can kind of instill within the home as a point of framework to help uh, get kindness? in their home? Absolutely. I think, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated or expensive or anything like that. I definitely have noticed, you know, since pandemic has hit and we've been, you know, so much on screens, even parents working from home that we have lost some of those structures where, you know, those times where we would unplug, it seems like now, since a lot of us are working from home, we're plugged in all the time, you know, and our kiddos are learning from home too. So I would definitely say, you know, just maybe having a family designated time where you're unplugging and then that time where you're teaching kindness and social emotional learning is as simple as board games where you're teaching turn taking and, 
you know, helping um, teach kids how to encourage each other, even if, you know, you lost out on that turn or, you know, you lost, you know, your first turn in the game or something, you know, you're encouraging each other, building that, I guess building that kindness through games, through, I love, you know, reading any kind of story where you can kind of take on the character and talk with your child about, you know, how that character's feeling and, you know, what, what should those friends in the book have done differently? What do you think they could have done to, to be more kind to that character or help them feel better? You know, anytime where you're kind of tapping into emotions with kids is so great. The other thing that's super simple and because emojis are a big popular thing with kids these days, they all know about them. They're on every device, you know, so there's tons of these emoji feeling charts out there. And I Mm -hmm. use them with kids all the time because it's something easy that they relate to right away. They know, you know, TK students who can't even read yet know, can tell you exactly every single emoji and what, <laughs> what yeah. feeling is associated with it, right? I yeah. mean, they know yeah. mm-hmm. uh, even as early as preschool. So I have um, often, often all the time give parents just little printouts of an emoji feelings chart. You could even make your own at home. You could draw different emojis and assign feelings to them. And then, you know, every day after school or in the evening, maybe even at dinner, have a little time where you check in with each other, you know, have a little time where you check in about your feelings and talk about what, well, went well with your day, you know, was, were people kind to you? Were you kind to somebody else? And then, you know, if there's little times where your family does have free time practicing kindness and the easiest thing, you know, is doing something for a neighbor. Hey, let's practice some kindness today. Let's call grandma, see how she's doing. Maybe we can send her, you know, a nice note or we can drop something off on her doorstep. It could be going to the park and noticing some trash and Hey, let's be super kind to the park and clean that up. So anytime, you know, you just, can build it in within kids to just, you know, go out of their way to do a little something kind for someone else. And you're practicing it as a family and then praising it. Wow. I'm so proud of you. You know, wow. We did, that was so kind of you Um, or catching kids in the act where they, you know, do something kind for a sibling. That was so kind of you to help your brother tie his shoe. Thank you so much for being a great sister. You know, anytime where you can kind of plug it into those, those little simple times as a family, I think it really gets kids kind of mind going on it. And once they practice kindness, you kind of won't be able to, <laughs> to get them to stop but <laughs> yeah. all the time. So you might yeah. have to set limits on it a little bit. Well, we can only do, you know, maybe two, <laughs> two acts of kindness this weekend, but, um, yeah. you know, yeah. just challenging kids, making it kind of a game, making it fun. I don't know. It really helps them buy in. And I think as a family just kind of helps you bond together and build that kindness together. So I love the being kind to the park. I think including mm-hmm. the environment and our community, not just people, right. um, mm-hmm. is important because I think that's something that gets forgotten. And it right. is important. I mean, how we treat our environment, global warming, all that, it is important yep. to teach these kids. Yep. And even as far as like being kind to yourself. So, yes. you know, mindfulness, yes. even brushing your teeth at night, you know, hey, it's time to be kind to ourselves, time to brush our teeth or take a bath or get ready for bed before kids. You know, we talk about anytime you go, you know, in the car, you show kindness to yourself by putting on your seatbelt. Yes. You show kindness to yourself by putting on a helmet to protect your body and keep yourself safe. So even things like even practicing mindfulness, hey, it's time to practice our calm breathing. Let's be kind to our bodies and show, you know, show ourselves and help ourselves feel good. It's almost like you can really tie it into anything, which is amazing. Um, I mean, that's fantastic. I I love that because it's just (laughs) another way of uh, like communicating with the child. Because like you, like, I mean- Offering candy will only get so far right now. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Bribing them. No, but I've I've noticed even just, yeah, 
saying uh-huh. something in a different way or like making it fun yes. or just like even yeah. how you had said like, oh, let's be kind to ourselves and brush our teeth. Like kids, yeah. that really resonates with kids. And then you'll see them kind of start using that language. Yes. And once you kind of start, I would imagine it's hard to stop. So that's fantastic. <laughs> I love those. I love that. That's just, yeah. yeah. It's it so, just, it becomes part of their vocabulary. It really does. Yes, and yeah. I noticed the kids here because we talk about it so much that I even got a little note today and the student was like, it is teacher appreciation week. And so they mm-hmm. were like, oh, you know, my act of kindness to you is giving you this note and a mug, you know, like they just, oh. it becomes a part of like who they are. I, you know, I'm yeah. a kind person. It becomes yeah. kind of part of who they are. I'm kind to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm kind to others. Mm-hmm. I'm kind to my community. Mm-hmm. So it just, I think it kind of becomes a part of their identity, which is really cool. And yeah. I think that's something families can do too, is like, we're a kind family. We like to show kindness to others. We like to take care of our community. This is something that we do. And you yeah. kind of just make it a part of who you are. So I think it's, mm-hmm. it's really fun. Kids love it. I love all of it. And that's why we were so excited to have you on. And I can't believe that went by so fast. We might have to have you on again because that was, oh, <laughs> I feel like we could talk and talk and talk. Caroline, mm-hmm. like, so, forever. <laughs> right? Um, if people have questions for you, is there a way for them to contact you or are there any resources that you would just kind of send them their Absolutely. way? Yeah. I have Instagram. So I am the kindness teacher on Instagram. And I think that would be a great way. I'm always happy to reach out. I don't have a huge following, but I'm always happy to reach out to parents. I have a lot of my parents from school follow me, but if you're an educator or, you know, a parent, I'm happy to send you resources. I always try to post different resources or things that I like to use. Um, I just started my Instagram last year, but I'm trying to you know, build up and share more of my resources and more of the things I do every day. But I'd love to hear from parents or anybody or connect to them that way. That'd be awesome. I'm like looking for you right now. Found you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that because I, you know, I've curated my Instagram and it's probably different than it was, you know, a couple years ago, but just having those kind of references and just ideas, right? Like I just, you know, sometimes I'm so tired. I can't even think of a different way. And like, I follow like all these, you know, kid flu and like, you just give the kid a, a freaking Lego fork and all of a sudden they're <laughs> eating everything. Whereas, you know, like two days before, it's just like, there's like, I'm not eating the spaghetti. And you're just like, are you kidding? So just like those like little things and just already kind yeah. of looking really briefly at your Instagram. This is my jam. Oh, so you. yeah, you guys follow Caroline. We'll try to see if we connect her handle, the period kindness period teacher on Instagram. And we are so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much for coming on and just giving us this information. And hopefully it kind of sparks some ideas in other public schools and charter schools to, you know, have someone like you as part of their administration. Thank you so much. I loved being here. I love talking with you guys. Thank you for having me. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.